Ahoy, and welcome back to Dillman's Dawn. I'm Luke, he, him, sometimes they, them. I'm Janine, she, they. And we are joined this week by our first guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dylan Roth, he, him, uh, and a pleasure to be here. Welcome aboard, Dylan. We're now on a metaphorical ship. Friendship. It's a viable treasure here. Uh, this is Domance Dawn, the podcast where we recap One Piece episodes and then assign Simpsons characters to those roles. Uh, happy to have you. I know, Dylan, that you are a big Simpsons fan. I am. Uh, I, I caught the Simpsons bug at a pretty young age when I was uh, watching the show uh, first run with my entire family, including my mother, who was always like, I don't know if the kids should watch this show. But uh, <laughs> growing up, it was uh, it was appointment TV on, I guess it was Sunday nights when we were watching it most religiously. Uh, it's still there at Sundays. Uh, and uh, I, I grew up in uh, an area where the New York and Philadelphia broadcast stations overlapped, even on cable. So I, uh, almost every weeknight during like my, my formative years, I would watch a Simpsons episode at six on one of the Fox channels, uh, either New York or Philly, I can't remember which one it is. Then the other one would have the Simpsons on at seven, but at 6.30, they both had the Simpsons, and I could choose which episode I wanted to watch. Because they wouldn't be the same one. <laughs> so I absorbed a lot of uh, uh, a lot of Simpsons in my day. And then um, a lot of my friends growing up have been enormous Simpsons fans, and we've been... Uh, it's been uh, an enormous part of our lexicon pretty much forever. And then what is your experience with One Piece? Uh, One Piece, uh, somebody recommended that I buy the first uh, volume of the manga when I was, I think, in uh, eighth or ninth grade. And I read that and enjoyed it. And like every other manga I ever picked up the first volume of, I never read it again. <laughs> you know, that that's perfectly fair. Uh, so you've been a friend for a long while now. You're also a musician. You are also a blogger, and you are a person with a lot of knowledge about Star Trek. I am. I would say that's probably my specialty. That's what I get paid to write about the most often. I'm currently um, reviewing and recapping new episodes of Star Trek Picard for Observer.com, and uh, I'll be picking up uh, Strange New Worlds for Fanbyte in May. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that, that would be, uh, so I'm no stranger to a really dense mythology. Fair. Which Star Trek captain would you say is the most like Luffy? Oh boy. Um, do you need, do you need some thinking music? Uh, I, I, I know you're itching to use that soundboard, so lay it on me. It's been a long, long Damn it! <laughs> Son of a... Okay, um, the thing is, the answer, actually, I was probably going to say Jonathan Archer from Star Trek Enterprise would be the one most like Luffy, in that um, uh, he, I think, is uh, the least competent. And uh, honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, because just, you know, in, my, in, my, in the ordinary uh, just day-to-day -day of my life, I'm always dedicating something like 15 to 20% of the RAM in my head to thinking about Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thinking about that even as the number of... Um, 
of Star Trek Captains expands very, very quickly because not only have there been a number of new shows, but for the first couple seasons, every season on Star Trek Discovery, they had a different captain. Um, and like there's Captain uh, Carol Freeman on Lower Decks. And like, since that shows like a, an office workplace sort of uh, comedy, the bit is that she's like very insecure and has a really insignificant post. And so like, she's like textually not the best captain. Like that's part of the whole thing. None of them, none of them on this crew are the best. That's why they're there. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think I would definitely still take both her and Gabriel Lorca from the first season discovery over Jonathan Archer. And Lorca is literally evil. Uh, And I think I would still rather spend time with him than Jonathan Archer, just the biggest bore, but Luffy's not a bore. Luffy's fun. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there really is a very easy one-to-one comparison because um, if we're talking about somebody who's kind of chipper, Archer has has that, but he's not whimsical. For whimsy, you got you got a little bit of whimsy in Kirk. Um, uh, Picard is secretly whimsy in private, but he's got nothing else in common with Luffy. And so yeah. I might have to, you know, maybe Christopher Pike, the new version of Pike. Uh, from Discovery and Strange New Worlds might be the closest. But uh, if I feel like being mean to Luffy, meaner than Luffy deserves, I'll say Jonathan Archer. I mean, we've discussed before how my Star Trek background means that uh, Enterprise was what I watched with my dad growing up. So I've got emotional attachments to a show that's not great. I mean, that's that's part of being a Trekkie, right? None of these shows are ironclad. Uh, the Next Generation, arguably the best of them, doesn't, you know, uh, it's got maybe three really good episodes before see, the third season of the show. And one of them is like Dynamite. But, uh, you know, listen, a lot of it's shit. A lot of Star Trek is shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, uh, and, uh, and sometimes the ones that are shit are the most fun. Well, uh, you know, we haven't gotten to bad One Piece yet, and it it's out there. I mean... There's a certain point where the manga or the anime changes from like getting to adapt a few chapters per episode or like a few chapters in, of the manga into an anime episode to like one chapter per one anime episode because they caught up and they're afraid of doing uh, filler stuff. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there's there's going to be a point where there is a discussion had about how to handle that sort of thing but uh right now we are in the good days uh we are in the runtime from march 22nd to may 10th of the year 2000 honestly how good is that though like to have a show that you could be able to say starts good and then gets bad i mean that's pretty common is it? Because, like, there's a lot of stuff that people are recommending to me and saying, like, oh, no, it just gets better after 13 episodes. Yeah, uh, I think, like, that's, that's like, a phenomenon. I, I feel like, you know, I was just talking about Star Trek is so often that way. I, I, I feel like there's, there's no Star Trek series that I get to recommend somebody saying, oh, it's really just great from the get-go. Or, like, I definitely know what you mean. There, uh, I think there's more pressure now on TV shows because people tend to start from the beginning. Because like mm-hmm. what, once upon a time when The Simpsons started airing, like 
it had time to it also needed some time to really get going right like i yeah. don't think season one of this of the simpsons is very good uh some people w- would disagree and you know that's you know that's a matter of opinion but I-, I think it takes a while to get going and but when this was airing these are shows made for syndication right where you just mm-hmm. pick up any episode it doesn't matter what order you watch them it didn't used to be expected for the first show first season of a show especially a comedy comedies take a while to find the rhythm right so but now that people tend to you know you you, you start a show by going to a streaming website and pressing play season one episode one if you can't nail it early on and you don't have somebody around to tell you that you need to keep watching you're gonna bail so i think yeah i think i think it's kind of special and sometimes kind of rare especially in older shows for something to be good at the start and then get shitty well to to make it clear one piece doesn't really run into bad timing issues until like episode 700 so (laughs) that's a hell of a run oh it's over a thousand episodes at this point yeah, That's, what did you yeah, get me into, you bastard? <laughs> I wanted a podcast topic where we could just clearly roll ahead, plan things through, and uh, yeah, no, eventually there's just a point where everyone's like, yeah, I know if you want to keep watching, here's the links to the fan-edited episodes. That way you don't need to spend 20 minutes every time you want five minutes of content. Well, it sounds like, you know, if if it takes 700 episodes for uh, One Piece to start sagging, then it's definitely in better shape than The Simpsons. Yes. Uh, Concurrent Simpsons episodes for the ones that we're going to be covering were kind of some saggy episodes, uh, because that's where you had Bart the Future, which is the one where we see the Lisa President future that had a lot of jokes that unfortunately came true like trump's presidency yeah bark to the future uh roundly not good that i was i did rewatch um before i listened to the show and was just going on the instructions uh i was thinking oh i gotta re i should also be watching all of the simpsons episodes that were concurrent uh and that turns out not to be necessary and i don't feel too bad about it because i love to watch the simpsons mm-hmm. but boy bark to the future uh pretty bad pretty bad ep yeah, uh, Days of Wine and Doses, uh, which is where Barney gets sober and he actually stays sober for a while while Bart and Lisa try and win a photo contest. It's a decent one. I believe that's one that was written by Dan Castle and Netta. I, I kind of like that one. And I remember mm-hmm. watching that one first run and being like, oh, wow, they're going to keep Barney sober. I was like impressed with them even like, yeah. you know, as a kid, you 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 don't expect those. And I guess for the time period, you just don't expect those kind of things to change in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good bits in there uh there was also kill the alligator and run which was one of their now kind of annual travel episodes where they went down to florida and it's really hit or miss as well i'd say hit or miss is exactly the right way to describe it because there are uh there are uh I, I took i took some notes right before i realized the format of the show didn't require uh, a lot of detail on the simpsons episodes and what i wrote here is like okay so this is like the epitome of like what fans call jerk ass Homer, which mm-hmm. is when he's transformed from being sort of like a, like a kind of dim witted every, every man to just like the biggest piece of shit. And that's what drives the story. Mm-hmm. I'm swearing a lot. That's okay. Right. I listen. To, I think that. That's uh, that's this normal here. This is like, for the children, but everyone was children once. Okay. Would you like me to stop? <laughs> um, like I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm okay um thought i was checking the robert evans and charlie rose bit was funny 
Um, and uh, wait, do we swear on this podcast? Because I've let some few like I've I've let some loose before too. So like I gotta know. Uh, no, we can swear. I'm not taking the time to edit in sound effects. <laughs> okay, it's just like, I don't want to give you a, a, an explicit tag if you don't normally have one. We'd we'd get there after the last episode shenanigans. Oh yeah. I still have the PJ theme song on the soundboard. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I didn't see this episode for years because I think that was around the point where I started dipping out of rewatches. And the one thing that is stuck in my mind is just Marge screaming, take him off the glass, take him off the glass. <laughs> Because that was uh, in the second Simpsons episode guide, or no, the third Simpsons episode guide. Uh, that was like one of the things where it's like, there's, she's specifically referencing a rap song that says, put him on the glass, put him on the glass. <laughs> I read through those things multiple times. Uh, and then the last one was Last Tap Dance in Springfield, which like has some bits that people remember, like Tappa Tappa Tappa. Yeah, I actually have watched this episode recently. I sometimes just like um, a habit I picked up uh, when I, I used to live with uh, my, my my old friend, current drummer, um, Julian Ames from New Jersey. We um, we would occasionally just during meals, we just kind of be say like sort of, OK, pick a season or I pick a number and we just throw on an episode. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'll just, you know, just like to get us through, you know, just just eating whatever takeout or whatever we, we were working on. And uh, so I, I kind of picked up that habit sometimes when I'm just like, uh, I'm taking a break from work and I'm putting on, uh, I, you know, I have like about, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to, 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 to myself. I don't feel like really absorbing too deeply into anything. I'll do that sort of thing with the Simpsons and just put on some random episode that I know I haven't seen in a while. Uh, that, that one's, you know, again, for, for like what's considered the tail end of watchable Simpsons, like, I don't know. It's got it's got its moments. Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea of camping out in the mall. Just it, it seems like it'll be fun to do. Huh. Uh, but yeah, no, we also get a bunch of characters. We get uh, aged up versions of a bunch of uh, the main cast. We get Maggie Junior, uh, Charlie Rose, and Robert El- Evans are now characters we can use. We can now use Kid Rock. Okay. If we if we so choose, I suppose we could use Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, but this week we are, or this episode, we are covering episodes 19 through 24 of One Piece. That includes Past of the Three Swords, The Promise Between Zoro and Kuina. The Famous Cook, Sanji of the Floating Restaurant. And Unexpected Guests, Sanji's Food and Gin's Grace. The greatest pirate fleet, Captain Don Krieg. Protect Baratie. Is that is that how it's pronounced? Baratie. Baratie. The great pirate Zeph, the Red Leg. Hawkeye's Mihawk. Swordsman Zoro falls into the sea. And it's an interesting bunch of episodes. For one thing, we get uh, Kuina, who's a character who shows up as a like cameo in the second episode and we like get the story of like how Zoro got serious about swords and it's basically his best friend 
slash rival was Kalina, who was the daughter of uh, the dojo master. Uh, he wanted to be the best at swords. She was better, and then uh, she had anxiety because her dad was kind of a huge piece of shit to her. Because he's like, yeah, you're you're a woman. You're a girl. Eventually you'll become a woman and you can never be strong enough. And yeah, not a not a not a, a not exactly a, a progressive father of the year. Uh, definitely, uh, kind of blew it. <laughs> yeah, and so Zoro and Queena are like, yeah, no, we want to win. Queena keeps kicking his ass like almost a thousand times, and Zoro's like, yeah, no, I won't let you fail because of this reason. And then just off screen, Queena dies. And it's, like, tragic, and that's, like, what is driving him on, because he made a promise that one of them would be the strongest swordsman, and, uh, you know about the four kids dub and it, how it made some choices, right, Dylan? Uh, I heard you talking about it on the show previously. I don't know how they handled something like this, where a child dies in a sword fight. Oh, she just gets an illness and is never seen again. Okay, <laughs> I guess you could which, do that. Which makes something uh, that we'll be reaching at about five or six episodes so much worse. So much worse. Uh, yeah, it's it's it has big trans for trans kids energy for me, and I'm not entirely sure why. Hmm. Uh, but yeah. Do you have anything to add for that first uh, story, Janine? Uh, no. I mean, like, I'm, I guess I'm going to sit on that um, bomb and wait for that one to go off. Yeah, when it's it going to be fun. And then uh, there have been articles written and discussions had, but that's worries for when we are 800 episodes down the line. Uh, but yeah, that. Luffy is just like, hey, let's go test out this cannon. They start randomly shooting and end up uh, finding Johnny and Yosaku, who are Zoro's old friends, who are also pirate hunters, who are dealing with scurvy. And it turns out that everyone's like, oh, yeah, shit, we're going to die if we don't get a chef who can cook. And Luffy's just like, I want to get a musician. And hell, every, frankly, I think that every pirate crew needs one. Mm hmm. A musician or a chef? Oh, a musician. You know, Where? I got scurvy once. No, I didn't. Yo, for real? That. Yeah, yeah. I was like really um, broke and just basically living off of like ramen noodles for like the longest time. And like I, I went, I had to go to like the um, urgent care because like I was just like having like bleeding gums and just like immense like pain and i was just like really weak and like the doctor came back with a glass of orange juice and said hey drink this and i was like oh this is actually doing something and they're like yeah you dumbass you got scurvy <laughs> dang all right well of course now like granted this is like this situation it's you know it it sucks i'm very glad you mm -hmm. are okay i'm starting to think maybe given you know the circumstances under which people are usually eating a lot of ramen noodles i really think they should be fortified with every vitamin and mineral the body needs because usually when you're in ramen mode, 
that's like, mm-hmm. that's it. So if you're not getting it from your ramen, you're not getting it. So I kind of think it's on them for not including vitamin C in the recipe. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, also, uh, before Johnny and Yusaku are found, that is when the first One Piece movie would have taken place. But uh, that one never got an official English release. So we so are, are we missing a piece of the that. story, or is that like supplemental? No, it, it's completely supplemental. Like, there's some movies where it's like, oh, hey, here's specific episodes that tie in and build things up. And other times it's just like, yeah, no, here's a story that happens, or this is literally a recap movie of with new animation. Uh, but yeah, so they end up finding their way to Baratier. Uh, that is where they run into uh, Full Body, who is part of the Navy, who wants the pirates destroyed. They shoot a cannon. Luffy accidentally fires it into the ship, causing damage. And Zeph, the captain of the Baratier, is like, okay, you're going to have to work here for a year to pay it off. Sanji is the sous chef, who nobody really likes, but he has a history with Zeph. And uh, Luffy fucking sucks at work, and it's great. Luffy is a character who I feel like it's... People... Again, granted, I've only... I read the first volume a while back. I watched these episodes, which I found, like, really actually very, very fun to watch, and it kind of mm-hmm. made me think about continuing to watch, except for I don't know that I have time in my life for another show that has 700 to 1,000 episodes. But it seems like people are very ready to entrust uh, Luffy with tasks uh, and uh, until the, uh, till they actually know Luffy, and then they're kind of stuck with Luffy, mm-hmm. and psychologically have to convince themselves that Luffy is worth hanging out with. Uh, to justify the commitment they've made. You're not wrong. He's definitely got things that he's good at. And being a busboy is not one of those things. Like, <laughs> the fact where he's just smashing dishes instead of washing them is beautiful. Uh, a full body uh, gets pissed off when Sanji refuses to bring him the bottle of wine that he wanted to use to show off, so he puts a bug in his soup, and Sanji just gets pissed off because he's wasting food. Full body gets called away because Gein, who is a member of Don Creek's pirate crew, has escaped. Uh, Gein comes in hungry, and no one offers to feed him thing- food except for Sanji, who never will turn down a person who is hungry. Uh, Gein sails off refreshed from the food, goes back to Don Krieg, who a few days later appears with his uh, big galleon ship that is larger than all the other boats. Uh, he demands food, which Sanji provides, despite everyone else's complaints and the stories that how Don Krieg is a liar and a cheat who will, like, Put up the white flag so he can get close before turning on people or fly navy flags. And he apparently had this massive armada and was heading to the Grand Line. No one's entirely sure what happened to him. Uh, so after Sanchi gives some food, Don Krieg threatens everybody uh, if they don't feed the rest of his crew. Zef shows up, provides all the food that Don Krieg needs. Don Krieg recognizes Zeph as a pirate who had gone into the Grand Line and demands his map book, and Zeph refuses. So now we have this big fight brewing, but we also find out that 
one person just casually destroyed almost all of Don Krieg's armada, which is Hawkeye Mihawk, the man who Zoro's been looking for. And Hawkeye just comes in on a tiny little floating coffin, essentially, destroys the rest of the ship. And uh, meanwhile, Nami ends up stealing the Going Mary, kicking out Johnny and Yosaku while everyone else is waiting on the ship. So Luffy's like, okay, well, we got to fight and save this ship. That way I'll no longer have to do all that work. So Usopp, Johnny, and Yosaku head off to go chase after Nami wherever she went. And Zoro faces down Mihawk and gets his ass handed to him. But he also has Mihawk's respect. And that's kind of where we go. Or that's kind of where we end. Uh, Don Creek and his pirates are refreshed, but their ship is destroyed. So now they have to steal the Baratier if they are going to make it back out to sea. I really did enjoy the um, food as a human right angle on these particular episodes. Oh, yeah, it's great. And like, I, I forgot that we don't get the reasoning for that until the second batch of these episodes. I don't know. I think it's 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 rad. Like I like the idea that it shouldn't even require an explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it rocks. Like first of all, Sanji fucking rules. Uh, like an absolute like super righteous character who's like really good at. Um, well, I guess ever people like mock his 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 cooking, but very passionate about feeding people and has like a very specific code. And I'm a sucker for a character who has a very specific code that they adhere to very very closely. And the idea of being like, if you're starving, I will always feed you, and you will all because what I do is I cook for people. And if I and if you have need of my services and my skills, I'm going to give them to you. But once you are fed, you are, you are no longer my responsibility and I will kill you with a sword. If I have to. It's it's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, Sanji definitely gets a really strong introduction. The other part of his personality is he horny. Oh yeah. He horny. It definitely was a bit of a, um, the idea, like, we only see, we only see him, um, falling head over heels once, I guess, in this episode. I imagine it happens more often, if this is the thing that we remember the most. Oh, you're right. That's right. Because he's, uh, he flirts with, um, with Moody as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, well, I guess, uh, does that go, does that, do we, does that become a thing that's like, you know, is he like, uh. And forgive me for using only the most extremely basic anime references, but that is that become like a a Brock sort of running gag? Uh to an extreme where there is a point where he is told if he gets too horny, he will die of blood loss. <laughs> okay. Well, wow. I'll tell you what, why? this is actually helping the really long shot pick for Simpsons character that I have written down. All right. Uh, well, yeah, we have 15 characters to uh, sort of pick a Simpsons character for, so we're just going to run through these in order. I'm excited about this discussion because I watched the episodes like right after we finished the last one, and I've watched them like another time since. It's just like, I'm here for the discussion because the Sanji problem was 
complicated, but uh, Sanji's not up first. Up first is uh, Kishiro and Kuina, and I feel like there's ways that you can kind of bind them together. I've got three pitches for them, but I'm interested to hear what y'all are thinking first. So, Janine or Dylan? I mean, I, I've got a couple of names, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and that's it. Like, I, I just have a name for Kuina, and I have a name for Mr. Kuina or whatever. Um, and, you know, they, they, they come kind of as a package deal because they come from the same episode, and that is Allison Taylor, Lisa's rival, and Mr. Taylor, the father, who is like the only family member of Allison Taylor that we see, which kind of fits, I think, maybe. Janine, you and I are on the same page here. Uh, I also wrote down Allison Taylor. Uh, the idea, you know, um, for if any, I don't know who people who are listening who don't know The Simpsons. The, Allison Taylor is Lisa's rival, the the uh, character who seems to be better than Lisa at everything that Lisa is good at. Plus, she's a year younger; she skipped a grade. Um, but not remembering the father specifically, character wise, I was thinking more along the lines of trying to pick a teacher who had the right kind of energy to be uh to be like um not the usual sort of lazy incompetent teacher mm-hmm. from the Simpsons like and certainly this is, this is it's this is too small a character to give like Edna Krabappel mm-hmm. uh and like the most famous good teacher which we don't really want to use Mr. Bergstrom for Lisa's substitute so I went like kind of split difference and said Miss Hoover interesting but I think your pick is probably better <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I was Mr. Taylor and Allison Taylor is like the good pick. Oh, uh, do you do you have like an off the wall pick? Yes, uh, I've got a off the wall pick that sort of hints at something. The wild idea is Barry and Sherry Mackleberry. You might have to refresh my memory on that one. Uh, Sherry and Terry Mackleberry, the twins and their oh. dad. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was unaware of the deep Mackleberry lore where there might be a brother and also a third twin. Is that hmm. how that works? Uh, a third twin? <laughs> yeah. A triplet. Um, yeah, I also just tossing out ideas had Timothy and Jessica Lovejoy, but no, no, like Mr. Taylor and Allison Taylor, I think, are like the perfect fit here because. Mr. Taylor is definitely, like, condescending to Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like, when she can't figure out an anagram. So, yeah, no, I, I feel like we're all on a good page there. You said all you had a third page. pitch. Did you have another weirder one? Oh, uh, that was the Lovejoys. Okay. Uh, that came to mind for me also, uh, especially if we were to... But, but like... Um, Jessica Lovejoy is is kind of like, uh, I guess a, a like a character that we would think of as like undisciplined, right? Whereas Kawina is like extremely disciplined, mm-hmm. and but it came to mind like, here too. Actively evil, yes. Which Kawina is, is not. Uh, we then have Johnny and Yosaku, and I don't feel like I had a good answer for these, so I just put down the yellow weasel and the black weasel. Uh, like Nelson's still unnamed henchmen from the early seasons who still keep on appearing. 
Oh, interesting. That kind of does fit in with the idea that we did uh, label Zoro as Nelson. Nelson, yeah. Um, I kind of just like wanted to throw out two beloved characters because, like, I don't think that they're actually important enough to have as like other characters. Um, I, I put down Lenny and Carl because, to be honest, like as much as I do love them as characters. They're just kind of like there for just like one line goofs and then they're gone. So like I, I don't know. Like all love Lenny and Carl, but yeah. But you know, hot take here. Like hot take here. I I could burn them on these two like right now and like sleep at night. Oh, I. I I think it's think it's like I I get that. Like name name me a Carl episode or a Lenny episode. That's not really a thing, right? At least not in the period of time we're talking yeah. about. So okay, I, I, yeah, because there's the one that. where because there's the one where they go to Carl's family in Sweden or Scandinavia. I don't remember which Scandinavian country because his last name is Carlson. So ah, uh, okay, so that might be on my experience. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean that's the point where like everybody gets a fucking episode. So my picks were kind of splitting the difference. I was thinking along the same lines that you were, Luke, where I was going based on wrenching off of Nelson, but I picked uh, Dolph and Carney as Yosaki and Johnny, Yosaki and Johnny respectively. Uh, I went with slight with higher level goons, um, but I also don't know how long these two characters are going to stick around. So they like have a bit more work in the next arc, and then they get regulated to like one other flashback filler arc. And then I think there's a point where they just completely retire and become farmers. See, that feels them. like a Lenny and Carl thing. I, 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 I don't want to call a shot, but there's going to be two characters who you want to save Lenny and Carl for. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm fine giving it to the weasels because, um, the the relation to um Nelson to to Nelson, but like, I mean, they're only there for like the first few seasons, and then they're just kind of like background filler. I mean, that's that's what, that's kind uh, of like with Yosaku, Yosaku and Johnny. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. Uh, so Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like I I can mark off that. Yeah. I'm curious now about who the Lenny and Carl figures are going to be, but I guess I'll just have to wait and find out. Yep. You'll join us on the cruise, maybe. Uh, so then we have Sanji. and oh, uh, This was I, hard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I shared the chart that I made with you, Dylan. Let me now share it with Janine. Uh, because Sanji is an intersection of horny, cook, and teen. And I just sent uh, the chart to Janine. Because you, you've got your horny characters, you've got your team characters, and you've got your cook characters. But finding that intersection was a challenge for me. So I'm interested to hear what y'all have. I also had some worst or worst suggestions. Um, I think that um, this does bring up a point um, that I did see that, 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 that came to me when... Um, I was actually watching another cartoon show and listening to their commentary. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was um, Mission Hill. Uh, mm. they, they created characters that were in their teens to early 20s, specifically because the Simpsons don't have characters that are in their teens to early 20s. Oh, far out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like, just like having that in mind and just like looking through the wiki, I was just like, oh, damn, they're right. And they didn't really make any either. Yeah. They just kept everybody's like, you're either like under 15 or over 28. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just a consequence of the ages of their principles, right? Like, I guess none of them really have any business hanging out with a 15 year old. But yeah, considering this show has been going on for our entire lives, that's a that's kind of crazy that they still haven't gotten there. I mean, what about everybody's favorite character, Roy? Roy, you got it, Mister. You got it, Mrs. S. Roy is the human version of Gucci. For those who do not know, Roy. All right, I got I got some, and I and I stress some for Sanji. <laughs> okay, and and one. That I think that you'll that you'll really enjoy. That is way out left field. Uh huh. Yeah, lay it on me. Have at it. Okay, first one is uh, Langdon Alger. Um, just a mm-hmm. name that's just referenced that was Leisha's crush at one time. Uh, just because it was just kind of like an easy kind of throwaway, and I don't know exactly like how. I mean, I know Sanji's like in the main character. He was in the Four Kids rap. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, I was running out of space. Um, I had Dolph Starbeam because Dolph seems to be, like, uh, the only one of the bullies that seems to kind of have, like, some level of, like, heart in him. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, get ready for this, um, Bart fucking Simpson. We haven't used him yet. We oh. For Luffy, we have Stretch Dude. <laughs> Yes. The alter ego of Bart Simpson that came in from like a, a treehouse of horror, wasn't it? Yes. So like, we could still use Bart. Mm-hmm. He's still I on the like, fucking table. I like that. I like Bart for Sanji. Yeah, we could have like two Barts. That no, no one's telling <laughs> me I can't have two Barts. Yeah, Luke, you made these rules to make it specific that you could have two Barts. You could make this entire crew all Barts if you wanted. Uh, yes, you could. You could do the all Bart crew. And like, but you 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 are you you're not ready for this next one, because I I have layers for this one. Okay, okay. Kang. From, from <laughs> oh, Kang I and Kodos. In, I am uh, intrigued. Please go on. Okay, Kang. We know does cook because of uh the the two serve man parody that they have. <laughs> um, to, um, to how to cook for forty humans. Janine. <laughs> Janine, that is Serac, the preparer, who is voiced by Michael Dorn. Wait, hang on. Sarah no, I think I I think Janine is correct. That there is. I a... mean, like it it doesn't matter that there was like a separate alien that was like a part of that kind of particular parody. That all of those aliens were reading that same book. They were going to cook for forty humans. We we blew off all the dust on that fucking book. <laughs> I'm familiar with Hungry Are the Damned. And we know that Kang has had relations with Marge with uh, baby Maggie <laughs> being part alien. So, like, we know he horny. Oh, sorry. Sarek the preparer was James Earl Jones. Yes. Again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Is, has Dorn shown up on uh, on The Simpsons? I 
I'm going right to the wiki. I have it open in case I needed to check something. It doesn't. He does not have a page. Granted, I can't imagine every single guest. Star. Actually, I can't imagine. But who no, knows? Uh, I don't believe he is. Ah, well, so be it. There's still time. It's not gargoyles. As a consolation prize, he gets a Family Guy. That's a, a step down, but yeah. Uh, so, it, was that your last one that you had? Yes, it was. All right, Dylan, I'm interested in your... Okay, I have... Granted, mm-hmm. he does not fall under one of the really important of the three qualifiers that you've created. Mm-hmm. Here is my completely... Uh, this, is, this is my my biggest swing of the night. Mm-hmm. Mo Sislak. Now, mm. here's my argument for Mo. When we meet Mo in the show, he's old, he's washed up, but he used to be a boxer and he used to be handsome. He is somebody who is in the food business. Uh, he's definitely horny. Um, but he also, he has kind of a secret, like, kind heart that, like, a lot of characters on The Simpsons only really comes up when the episode's about him. But I think that while the joke is usually Moe's a dirtbag, when you scratch the surface of Moe, he's actually an all right guy a lot of the time. And I think it's not a perfect match. Again, this was hard because the whole thing about Sanji is that he's just like, like uh, excess horniness notwithstanding. He seems like a really, from my impression of the, this, this arc, he's really cool. And The Simpsons doesn't tend to have characters who are really cool because that's not fun for the tone of the show, right? Uh, they always have to have something really big wrong with them. Um, but I'm going to say Mo and see how it sits with the two of you, because uh, that's the best I got. You know, that that's the show, though. That is that is what it is. It's it's not just the picking. It's it's like the making your case and the arguing, and you're kind of winning me. All right. Well, are you ready for me to Phoenix write this shit then, Janine? <laughs> All right. Go ahead. All right. So... Uh, I will go from worst to best because up first I had Toshiro, who is the apprentice, uh, the apprentice sushi chef, who uh, mistakenly believes that he miscut the fugu that poisons Homer, because that falls into the younger, also a chef. Second, I had Jimbo Jones, who is most canonically the horniest of the trio. He is also 18. <laughs> also, not to poo-poo on Dolph. Dolph has a kid. Like, even this early in the show. I thought Carney was the one with the kid. Am I mixing them up? It's so easy to do. It's so fun. Yeah, they're always to together, do. right? Because Carney's the one who's who has no, like, actual drawn-in hair. It's just speckles. And uh, Dolph is the one with this sort ah. of big, big, um, like, the big bangs. Yep, yep, the, uh, Yep, okay. Nope, I was mixing them up. Uh, so yeah, Jimbo Jones is the uh, like second one. The third one I have is Freddie Quimby, who horny, famously involved in a conflagration with Chowder! And is a teen, technically, which surprised me, because I always thought he was in his like 20s. Right, because his birthday party in that episode, right? That's from mm-hmm. The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Um... Or was 16, it his birthday, apparently. or was it like a party about him like being acquitted of something? 
I do not remember off the top of my head right now. It's a great episode, but I don't remember the occasion of the party. I kind of like, see, I like the Bart suggestion to begin with. I'm kind of like, if I was going to cast a vote, particularly if I can't vote for my own, for oh. myself, I would be voting for, for, for Bart. But Jimbo I, is also an interesting pick because, like you mentioned, this shirt is really chafing him and he needs to take it off. I still do have the, the coup de gras, though. Oh, oh do, do go on. Squeaky voice team, a.k.a. <laughs> oh, my God. No! I know that I picked one of the grosser characters on The Simpsons to, pl- to pick for Sanji, but I reject this. I roundly reject this. He's he's canonically the least cool character in The Simpsons, and Sanji is cool as hell. <laughs> oh. I I knew you were gonna have one that was gonna knock me off my ass, and that 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 <laughs> sufficiently had done it, Luke. Oh my god, unacceptable! No, but he now is that at the crossroads. Yeah, but but now I I feel like like our true like. Our, our true matchup right now is, is between um, like Mo Bard and Jimbo, and that's like kind of a tough race right there. So heavy hitters all. Mm-hmm. Um, dang, I <sighs> I feel like Jimbo has the bad boy reputation, and I'd feel less bad about him being horny over every girl than a Bard or a Mo. Well, I mean, I'm willing. I'm willing to, unless either of you are passionate about it. I'm willing to take Mo off the board in favor of the other two, um, because I think I think that youth is more important, maybe, to the character than I had realized. Um, and but uh, dang, having having no overlap between our lists is. Uh, it makes it difficult. The Sanji problem is not a lie. Wow. Okay. Anybody who's who who has heard this episode, you you gotta like comment your take up on this because um we're probably I don't think we're gonna go back and like review this, but um given how horniness is like key to the character to the point where it becomes a life or death situation mm-hmm. i would definitely feel a lot better giving it to jimbo jones yeah i'm i'm with you let's it feels like we're feels like jimbo is the happy medium between i mean in terms of age certainly between all of our picks um yeah like a, it, if you had like a bart and mo venn diagram like right in the middle would be jimbo <laughs> jimbo jones <laughs> jimbo is the charm all right, I can all dig right. it. If we're yeah. all happy with it, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I. I will concede, Mo. Uh, so we then have Full Body, who, uh, uh, one of the things that One Piece does is they do uh, like chapter illustrations at the beginning of every chapter, and they start to do like stories in between those as a way of like showing what happens to some of the minor characters. Full body does come back and particularly gets a long arc with another favorite character, but doesn't necessarily do anything super big beyond that. And I'll talk about that later because I don't think it actually comes up in the anime. So uh, for full body, I had Jacques, uh, played by Albert Brooks, the bowler slash womanizer, and then 
Freddie Quimby again because it was just like, you know, Freddie Quimby also seems sort of like an abusive jerk and also loves women. Hmm. I do like I do like Freddie Quimby, especially after um Chowder incident. Mm-hmm. Um I had um I had legs. Max Legman, uh one of the Springfield Mafia, because I just kind of like um wanted to burn one of the mafia because, <laughs> you know, after after a while, uh some of the members you can kind of guess like if if you're not Fat Tony, you're not really like that big of a player. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do like Freddie Quimby a lot. I also really like the pick of Freddie Quimby for this because I think he gets, I think I think that like I was having a hard time finding the cross section of traits and I was really thinking a lot about like the the law enforcement angle too much, but I was having a hard time thinking about like the fi- trying to find the right, di- like kind of the right dynamic of that because none of the Springfield cops fit and uh, I ended up writing down uh, Rex Banner, but that's not a good pick because Rex Banner is extremely straight laced and full body oh, yeah. is is a uh like we like said he's like a a, a shitty date and like kind of slimy and Rex Banner is is scrupulous so that was a bad pick. Um, I like Freddie Quimby too. All right, so we are good with Freddie Quimby. Uh, we then have Moody who uh is. Pretty much just an attractive woman who shows up to be taken on a date and then hit on. So, uh, for this I had Mindy Sinclair or Miss Springfield. Uh, this was kind of a throwaway one. Yeah, I also, I also had Mindy. Mindy comes to mind for sure. Um... I didn't have anything. I was I, I was honestly thinking about because she's like an anonymous character in this one, trying to pick up an anonymous character from The Simpsons to apply in case. I, I don't know if there's a character to be better to be burning off later. Um, I actually I came up with somebody who I liked and then realized that she was from season twelve or thirteen, which is mm-hmm. Sarah Sloan, uh, the actress that Ned Flanders goes out with after Maud dies uh, for one episode. Oh, um, I- and that she's not available. Yeah, uh, I I had forgotten to say when I was thinking about Sanji, my mind went to Jesse Grass, the level five vegan who doesn't eat anything without a shadow. But that episode has also not come out yet at this time. Hmm. So I'm I'm good with Mindy if you are too. Like Mindy sort of exists as a temptress. Yeah, no no uh, no objection. I guess to, I certainly have anything better than Mindy. All right. Uh, we then have Bachi, who is a silverfish in the anime, a fly in the manga, which is an interesting choice. Uh, also, as a birthday, get ready for Bachi's birthday on July first. Happy for happy happy for him to have a, a birthday. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday to the fly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for this, I just had Bart with the fly body from that Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, that's what I have. That's the only pick. Janine, do you have a do you have a dissenting opinion? Uh, wait, what was the pick? Uh, Bart with the fly body. Oh, no, I actually did have something different. Oh! Uh, you see, because I, I checked the Simpsons wiki for every on-screen death, and there did have one that was similar. Like, okay, so... I'm looking for something that kind of like died as soon as it showed up. 
Mm-hmm. And there is an unnamed beetle that Santa's little helper eats in Bart's dog gets an F. <laughs> Whoa. You have seriously done the you have you have that is I don't know how you beat that. You know what? Yeah, no, Janine, you you win this round. I don't uh, I don't win a lot of them, but like when I do, I win hard. I I'm not going to lie. I was very disappointed by the lack of full information on the two Simpsons wikis that I went on for insects. Uh, so we then have Zeph, aka Red Leg Zeph, uh, who I feel like there is a very popular answer that we are going to see, which would be Horatio McAllister, aka Sea Captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I have. Uh, I don't have that. Oh, what you, you got? With? Oh, I was going to go with the Fugu Chef. Ah, uh, the Master of Sushi Chef. Yes. Uh, that was my second one that I, I had. Because his, his masterful hands were busy at the time, and it's like his entire thing is like he protects his hands. So it's like the 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 emphasis on like his hands, I guess, was just the thing that kind of like led me to it. Mm-hmm. So this is where it gets to be the challenge is that like that seems like it's a very like thought thoughtful, very specific pick that's probably a better idea. Because the thing is, like, this is a show about pirates. You're gonna run into a lot of sea captains, right? But Zeph is but Zeph, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's like it's such an on-the-nose pick. For, for Captain McAllister because he is both a sea captain and a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, 1,000 episodes, you're probably going to find another use for Captain Horatio McAllister. I'm taking a second look at uh, the Master Sushi Chef from The Simpsons. Yeah, so, let me do that too. You know, is there... vibe check. Uh, Toshi- no, Toshiro is the assistant who... Uh, yeah, you can hear the sounds of our furious typing. Mm-hmm. Master, so Master Sushi Chef has no has no name. Mm-hmm. Um, Voiced by Saab Shimono. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen this episode. Um, a long while. And this is a one... Uh, uh, this character, okay, shows up later in old money and but I don't think there's ever another prominent appearance uh mostly as a background character it looks like I don't know but but like Janine you gave us like a like a specific character trait beyond like kind of the costume of the character which is something that I I think is valuable but I mean Luke, you you've seen how much of this show? Have you seen all of it? Like, have you are you like no, up to date? Uh, but I'm like a hundred chapters behind on the manga. Um, so, but but if there was, but that's be still like nine hundred fucking chapters. So like, yeah, I would say that's pretty complete, Luke. I mean, like, I know that you you know to, to be you're way ahead of the two of us. Let's say, um, yeah. is there a better match out there? for the sea captain out of the very many sea captains that you will see in one piece is there is there a reason to save 
the sea captain for another sea captain? I don't think so. Like, sea captain was my kind of duh answer for this one. Just like off the cuff. There is, uh, I know, another episode that specifically deals with sushi that's coming up not too far. So there's so, an argument to be made to save the sushi chef for later and to use Captain McAllister now. Potentially. Because also Zep has a lot of emotional ties to Sanji. And we've cast Jimbo for mm-hmm. Sanji. But we don't, at least not in the seasons that I've seen, we don't get a lot of Jimbo's inner life, right? I don't believe so. We get hints. Huh. But... I my my heart still goes to Horatio McAllister, but I could be talked away. So, Janine, are you still heavily master sushi chef? It's the hands, the busy hands. Well, like, I don't know if I want to try and. I I think you... I I think I can be able to like link somebody who's a sushi chef to like a lot of other chefs who just happen to be like really passionate about their work but like when it comes to like a one throwaway line about you know groping edna krabappel it 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 struck me luke like <laughs> it, it 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 imprinted on me something deep and horny inside of me <laughs> yay uh all right then yeah no i uh, let's go Master Sushi Chef. If nothing else, we will have multiple iterations of the Sea Captain pop-up in the future. So, uh, and we still have another few characters to get through. Uh, up next, we have Matsul, who's a guy who just steals food off his daughter's plate. And for whatever reason, every time I see him, I'm just like, it's Justin McElroy. <laughs> I'm Damn. very sure Justin McElroy has, like, played a Matsul type character. Like I, I didn't even know the character who the character was until I looked on the wiki later and I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that guy, like he has a name. But does he show up again? No. Uh I think uh so uh Ichiro Oda, the creator of the series, will occasionally do question segments and I think someone was just like, Hey, is that guy stealing his daughter's food? And he's just like, Yeah, that's a Matsul. And then later on, I was like, shit, I gave him a name, so I have to come up with all this other information for him. All right, uh, well, who do I we had, have for Matzel? I had Cesar from the Crepes of Wrath. Okay. Let me refresh myself on this. Uh, oh, no, I've got him. The... Oh, yeah, this guy. Okay, yeah. I can see it. Refresh my memory, though, because I'm not going to look it up. Okay, uh, these are the um, in the episode where they go to France and uh, Bart is stuck working for those French winemakers. He's one of the winemakers. Ah, it's a nasty man. Mm-hmm. Did either of you have an alternate suggestion? I had a throwaway one that was just a random character that shows up for a skit once for Krusty and that just because like the name was just kind of like similar but like they look different it's just kind of like a Janine doesn't care right now it's 15 minutes before recording mm-hmm. and um, that was the matzo ball soup chef that's when I gotta look up uh, yeah okay 
Okay. Um, this is <laughs> you're you're not kidding around. This is a real one-off. I mean, this is the kind of this is the scale of character that the, that 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 Mozzle deserves, right? So that makes mm-hmm. that makes sense. But also, this man's main trait is that he is a chef. That's true. He's he's distributing food rather than taking food. Uh, I have but, a pick. But the thing is, like, it's it's not even that, like, because it's a part of a skit. That's true. So, in fact, it's an actor playing somebody who <laughs> distributes and creates food. Stolen valor. Uh, I have a, <laughs> I have a pick that I'm not like super confident in, and plus, I think it's maybe an outsized character to give mm-hmm. to Motzel. But if the traits that we have here are kind of like the general face shape that we have to work with, um, and taking food, I picked Uter. Um. Uh, now Uter Zorker shows up a lot more than Motzel's going to. So I don't know if we want to burn Uter, but they kind of have the both. They both have the sort of shaped head where the the size of the head kind of like the sort of the Martin Prince shaped head where it's it's small on top and big on the bottom, and the hair seems kind of uh, European to me. So I I feel like that's burning Uter. I think Uter deserves better. Uter. I mean, I mean, we cooking and eating Uter. What, 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 what things like could Uter bring to the table besides being German and fat? Like, <laughs> uh, he lo- he will give out his uh upon joy joys, and he goes missing after a while, and that's the most famous thing about him because they, for a few seasons, just keep referencing him, but they don't show him. And even like, there's a scene where uh, Skinner's just like. Yes, we're all looking for Uter. <laughs> uh, I, I, okay. Like, I mean, we, I don't have a strong opinion about it. And also, I'm just a guest here. Y'all have to live here and continue to, to do this project until, you know, uh, right, right. And I show and in the year 2039. I, apparently, I have to live here stuck with fucking Uter. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can keep your precious fucking Uter. Um <laughs> Yeah, Uter will be back apparently for like I don't know. I I kind of um I like the idea of picking a character of the scale of the matzo ball soup chef. Mm-hmm. Um Luke, what was your pick again? Oh the uh, Cesar. Cesar we're gonna like a one like sort of a one episode wonder, but more substantial, like has a more of a role in the show. Matzel has what, like one live dialogue? Yeah, no, I, I'm good to use a matzo ball soup chef. Also, there's the similar name situation, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that kind of sold it. You know what me. we should do? We should have, like, um, just an episode where people can just, like, throw suggestions and then we'll judge if, like, we can, like, change anything or not, you know? I mean, that would be like us changing uh, Wiggum with the uh, idea that I had had after. But, I, I mean, part of the danger of this and the fun danger is, you know, we never know what's going to come around. So each choice has some... Well, I never know what's going to come around. That's why I'm here. Okay. Uh, after that, we've got Patty, who is part of the chef crew. He got arms like Popeye and a big kind of ugly face. And he hates the customer. So I have, oh. I was frustrated at first, and I was checking around the wikis, that Popeye, while there are references to Popeye around the show, Popeye himself has never appeared. And I kind of expected that he might have. Uh, but I'm going to see 
if this is a variant that you will accept. Mm-hmm. Um, in the episode in which um, Homer has his uh, jaw wired shut, mm-hmm. um, at the end, uh, that's the, in that episode, Homer ends up becoming normal, like kind of like not crazy and doing risky things anymore. And that drives Marge uh, to the brink Dylan, of insanity. What's up? I, I have bad news. That's season 13. Bro. Damn it! All right. <laughs> you weren't going to accept it anyway. I was going to say at the end of that episode, oh. Homer takes a big, uh, takes a, like a uh, guzzles six beers and becomes Popeye. Oh, no. There's also Brothers Little Helper where Bart takes Ridlin and at the end. Oh, and he, he sings the, yeah. But that's I also a later episode, Ridlin, isn't it? Just take me Ridlin. I'm popping and sailing, man. For that, for that matter, if we could, if that episode was in play, we could just use Mark McGuire. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure that one's too late too. Um, no, Brothers I mean, Little we... Helper is. Oh no, 1999. That one's in play. I I submit Mark McGuire. <laughs> Wait, uh, I am checking the Simpsons wiki, and October third, 1999. Episode 11, season two. We are in business. I submit Mark McGuire. <laughs> I mean, I was going to vote. I, I was going to see about burning Mo on this one, but Mark McGuire. Actual baseball man, Mark McGuire. Well, have thought... we used a celebrity guest yet? Yes. Like we use celebrity voiced characters that were mm-hmm. actual characters, but actual celebrities playing themselves or references. I think the to closest thing. The closest thing you have is Spinal Tap, but those are still characters played by the people from Spinal Tap. That's so true. That's true. I don't see on the uh, list we, any. Yes, yes, we do. Conan O'Brien. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> also, uh, the Steve Sachs trio. Oh, I guess that's that's real steel Steve Sachs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've said my piece. Anybody got anything else? Uh, I had a few options. What did you have, Janine? I was gonna, I was gonna burn Mo or Toshiro on this one. So, uh, I had three. I had Akira, uh, the French chef who invents la bombe that he tries to use to kill oh, Homer. I love that bit so much. That might be my favorite Simpsons sight gag, where he, uh, he turns the lever that uh, adds the that adds the cream, and then turns the lever that adds the poison, and then turns the lever that adds the antidote realizes he's done that and then turns it off uh and then just frying dutchman waiter i i feel like for the sort of animosity the french chef who invents la bombe kind of fits but the those mark mcguire arms are inspired and i don't know where else we will use mark mcguire i also (laughs) thought that he didn't come in until later yeah, I get, you know, I get, like, seasons, like, nine through whatever confused. This is season 11, so this is, like, pretty, pretty, um, this is, like, on the cusp. It's Mark McGuire's only appearance on The Simpsons. Uh, so it's not as if you're burning a useful character. Uh, nope. I did also check to see if Dennis Rodman had ever been on The Simpsons, but it's not until, like, season 25. Wild. Uh, so are we good with Mark McGuire, then? Hmm... I'm good with Mark. Well, are we ever going to use a French chef again? Yeah. Okay, well, that that already convinced me. Mark McGuire, <laughs> okay. let's Woo! give me that arms. I got oh, one yeah. on the board. 
all my all my other picks have either been doubles of of one of, of one of uh one of your all picks or oh, that just means like we're up good. on the same like wavelength that that's mm-hmm. that's good we want that um that's true. but i like, was happy you know, to be on the allison taylor train with you all yes uh so then we have Gein. uh and i had four suggestions for him none of them felt quite right uh one of them tied into another character but i had spud i also had actual actor bob denver I had the lonely man from the Ship of Souls, and then I had Louis the Mobster. I also have Louis Louis Walt. I also have Louis the Mobster. I have one that has another crazy Janine link up. Mm -hmm. Do it. Guy Incognito. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, please explain yourself. Guy Incognito, Homer's perfect double that shows up in Moe's when Homer was not allowed to and then gets his ass beat then thrown out when Homer like finds him, is somebody who tries to patron a place and immediately gets his ass kicked and gets thrown out. <sighs> that is good. I really like that. First of all, I'm happy whenever anyone references Guy Incognito, <laughs> another of my favorite Simpsons gags. And that's a really... Janine, you have a knack for picking stuff that is like so specific; it's kind of hard to argue against. Um, I, I, I am glad that I have lit a fire under you, Janine, because you're bringing a game here. Oh uh, shit! Um, Luke, do you want to argue? Is like mine was just attached to, I think, the pretty obvious Don Creek pick that we're going to get to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do have a mob boss coming up later on in the series so like saving the mobsters might be a good idea uh yeah and is are we ever going to see gene again after this arc or after the subsequent arc uh you know gene was like one of my favorite dudes in early one piece just because we haven't seen him fight yet but he has some really cool weapons uh okay but uh, but how cool would would it be to like yeah, like, how cool would it be to, like, have that come up and just be like, oh, look, it's the person we labeled as Guy Incognito, the one small throwaway joke that we still love and makes us laugh to this day. You know, uh, <laughs> that man is my exact double. That dog has a puffy tail. tail. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's that's great, especially since we don't have Aylber yet. All right. Uh so we then have Carney, uh, who is another chef who's kind of like tertiary chef. I just had the Frying Dutchman chef for him because I had used up all the other chefs on other suggestions. What about y'all? Uh, Luigi Risotto. Uh, I was a big goose egg on this one. I don't have one, but I, I like either of those picks. I... Luigi, I'd rather save. Like we could just toss off an extra. Okay, set. we'll just throw him over there with Uder then. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the Uder pile. Henceforth, the uh, the minor character too important to is <laughs> the Uder pile. I mean, we also have like two other bigger characters to discuss. So, uh, we got Don Krieg, and once again, I have three characters. I had Cooter, 
uh, to go along with the spelled suggestion from earlier. I had LT Smash, and then I had Rainier Wolfcastle. Okay, I thought LT Smash was off was not was not available. I think I thought New Kids on the Block was too late. Um, because I was thinking about this is this is season this is looking it up season twelve February two thousand one. Okay, I was wrong. Because I was thinking about Lieutenant LT Smash, but I thought oh, he was unavailable. Wait, wait. Uh, no, we can't use uh, LT Smash. I played myself because these episodes only ran through May 10th uh, of 2000. Oh, so, and it's 2001, isn't it? I played myself. Damn too. it. All right, because I was like, I first of all, I love this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think about it all the time. And mm-hmm. so, but the, the gag of them removing removing the the decal of the of the period between L and T on his name tag and being like Lieutenant Smash that's right Lieutenant LT Smash is <laughs> just a gag I fucking love. Um, okay but no we you can't use him yet you're going to have to save him. Yeah. you're going to have to he's you can't uh you can't use LT Smash yet yeah um i i picked the obvious thing for Don Krieg which is Fat Tony D'Amico but um, I don't know uh, it, what else uh, uh, that either of you two have in mind. I mean, I, I also had a Fat Tony as one of mine, but I also have three other ones that I feel like um, might be kind of strange, but also like maybe fits a little bit better. Um, I had uh, Rainier Wolfcastle as McBain. Not Rainier Wolfcastle, but the character McBain that yeah, we see. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Rainier Wolfcastle as Radioactive Man up and at them. <laughs> and then I have... The uh, do nothing. Yes. Um, I also have, finally, for like my way um, out of left field, uh, Gold Homer. And- <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Okay. Inside of Homer's fantasy where he's like the world's biggest man and also made out of solid gold. Mm-hmm. Oh hey, man! Homer, is there something different about you? Uh, okay, That's so, really good. So my my suggestions for McBain are, uh, and specifically not the characters he plays, is for one. Th- or uh, my suggestions for Rainier Wolfcastle and not the characters that he plays are Rainier Wolfcastle, known member of the Republican Party. <laughs> Uh, he is actively an actor who uh, we see his career go up the skids many points and he ends up washed up. And uh, he's also a big and opposing guy who uh, we kind of see other angles of him as time goes on. And uh, I, I I think the physically imposing side works really well, but God, Gold Homer is... Yeah, you make a very good argument for just being legit Rainier Wolf Castle, but Gold Homer is, I think, a really inspired pick. I and yeah. and I also think one you're not likely to miss later. Ah, uh... and like I think it does fit up on how iconic and expensive, um, Don Creek is. Oh being yeah, covered in diamonds and gold. Uh, I had mentioned that uh, One Piece game that I played before, and Don Krieg was great to use in that. Like, we haven't fully seen his moves and stuff, but yeah, no, he's just a guy whose armor is full of guns, and it... Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm good with Gold Homer. 
Gold Homer. Gold, gold Homer. Homer. Gold Homer. It's hard to I'm, chant in unison over uh over Zencaster. Yeah. I'm really glad that one got you because that was my out of left field, but I'm so happy that that, you know, out of everything just like hit the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be my biggest laugh of the night. All right. Uh last up we have Dracula Mihawk who uh is also known as Hawkeye Mihawk. Uh he is part of a big role that we'll learn more about going forward. Uh, he's essentially a privateer, as in a government-sponsored pirate. Uh, also, he's just a dude who rides around in a coffin. In the four kids manga, they edited the cross that he wore on his neck so it wasn't a cross. Because they were afraid of religious iconography. Hmm. It's weird. Um, I had three choices in here but dylan would you like to give your suggestion yes and this was inspired in part by a conversation the two of you have in the first episode of this show mm-hmm. about about zorro the show zorro uh the idea of using the film character from the poke of the from the poke of zorro mm-hmm. um i think that maybe this is the time to use zorro because it's the character that the one piece zorro most wants to be Mm-hmm. Or wants to better. Uh, and, and frankly, there's nobody this cool and competent at what they do in like the real Simpsons universe. Everybody always has some, everybody who always, anybody who appears to be uh, like uh, an authority with skills or deserving of power is always actually not on the Simpsons until you get to the years where they just worship their celebrity guests. But uh, I think if you're going to go with the world's greatest swordsman, you have to go with the like, famous great swordsman of fiction and that is zorro fascinating janine who are you rocking with oh um i was going to go uh heavy on side of the vampire theme and go for uh vampire bart just kind of like fill this whole place chock a block full of bart um But, you know, like Zoro, though, that's that's making me think now because like that kind of feels a little bit like I mean, that's a good argument. That's a good ass mm-hmm. argument. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, I know it's a little bit of a cheat. And I know there's a reason that you the two of you did not choose to use Zoro the first time around for for this Zoro. Mm-hmm. But it feels like uh, I don't know. It, it felt like this was the time to to play that particular card. You know, I I won't argue with you there. Like, you got me. I I was not expecting it to be turned against me. Uh, so the three that I had, and I don't remember why I picked them, they just ended up on the spreadsheet, were Arthur Crandall, the ventriloquist who uses Gabbo. Oh, yeah. Uh, John from Homer's Phobia, voiced by John Waters. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I think my brain was... It's very camp to float around in a coffin and just have a giant sword. And also the idea that John Waters would be voicing me off just had me mildly chuffed. And then uh, Daryl Strawberry, (laughs) uh, who is also famously a rival and a well-renowned batsman. 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 
the world's greatest batsman. And we've already used Mark McGuire, so. Mm -hmm. Uh, World's greatest batsman without an asterisk. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha steroids i yeah, i think i think i think sterile strawberry had his own had his own scandals but i don't think i do not think that's that uh, steroids were among them mm-hmm. you know it's homer ozzy and the straw mm-hmm. steve saxon is running with the law we can't do the whole song it'll be here all day uh yeah. i huh hmm i don't feel as if I'm sold on either John or um, Crandall. Yeah. I feel I, like he definitely just like looked at the facial hair and was just like, you know what? Yeah, who's got a pencil mustache? And that's that the main thing. That reasonably might have been it. I like the Zorro suggestion. I do too. I, I want to give it to Zorro. I want to give it to but, Zorro hard. <laughs> all right. So I'm sure Dylan, he appreciates it. Dylan, uh, you got two on the board uh so congratulations you you got one of our seven warlords of the sea onto the board yeah i contributed to the team and i feel great about it not only that but you you ended up using a card that like luke tried to pull on me against him so like that (laughs) that feels like an us victory it's it's uh you know we succeed as a team we fail as a team and this is my parents said we're all in the same boat Hey, and uh, so are many of the characters uh, on the show at this point, because uh, there's only one boat not sunk currently. They are on the cruise. They are. All right. Well, uh, yeah, what a wild list. Uh, So to run over those again, uh, Kushiro is Mr. Taylor. Kuina is Allison Taylor. Yanni and Yosaku are the yellow and black weasels, respectively. Sanji is Jimbo Jones. Full body is Freddie Quimby. Moody is Mindy Sinclair. Bachi is the unnamed beetle that Santa's helper eats. <laughs> Zep is Master Sushi Chef. Matsul is the Matsu Ball Soup Chef. Uh, Patty is Mark McGuire. Gein is Guy Incognito. Carne is Frying Dutchman Chef. Don Creek is Gold Homer, and Dracula Mihawk is Zorro from the Poke of Zorro. Ha-ha! And also my brain just remembered, uh, and I can't change it now that it's on the spreadsheet, there is literally a One Piece movie where a guy has the power over gold. But you know what? That's a problem for whenever I guess we do the movies as like live episodes or whatever. Well, but there's uh-huh. a, uh, there's a, isn't there a King Midas uh, Simpsons episode? Is there? I think there's like a, like a folktale thing where, um, oh, it was King Solomon. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what? Hey, I'm a guest star. This doesn't have to be my problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> I washed my hands of this responsibility. I envy you for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that you're imprisoned here in this in this in this fool's errand of uh of uh, uh casting every character in one piece uh well, well dylan if we wanted to watch you mournfully from this prison that we have built around ourselves through these iron wrought bars that we cannot break through where can we find you online 
Uh, my own my own stuff and my my, my writing, like my uh, my film criticism and TV criticism, can be found on Twitter at Dylan Roth, D Y L A N R O T H. That's Dylan as in Bob Roth as in David Lee, no relation. And uh, my band No Jersey can be found on various social media platforms at No Jersey No Problem. Why No Jersey? Um, it's uh we made a a list of a uh, hundred and thirty six band names and took a vote. And that's the only one that received more than one vote. <laughs> it was unanimous. But now uh, uh, the, the actual answer is um, uh, two of us are from New Jersey originally. And uh, we're in Brooklyn now. And we, uh, I have kind of a habit of writing songs that have a particular kind of beat behind them that I associate strongly with uh, a couple of Jer- New Jersey acts like the Gaslight Anthem. And we were working on uh, songs for the new record. And I brought in like a song that had that particular pattern behind it uh that i've been calling the jersey heartbeat uh one too many times and our guitar player sam says you can't do that anymore you have to do something different no more jersey no jersey and we decided that could be the uh that that could be the name of the band it is not uh it's not meant to be a diss gets to stay in new jersey my mother hates the band name (laughs) and so does julian's our parents don't like it uh but uh (laughs) they shouldn't have um uh, raised us on music about leaving New Jersey. Well, and that's fair because mom and dad don't understand rock and roll. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm very excited for uh, the new stuff you're coming out. I was a big fan of the last band that you were in, so uh, uh, really, yeah, make yeah, sure appreciate to... your support. It's been uh, your you are one of uh, you have been you were one of the Hell Yeah Baby's greatest fans, and uh, I really uh, always uh, appreciated your support of our music. So uh, I hope you really love the new stuff. We should have an EP out. Uh, the No Jersey uh, debut EP should be uh, out in. I'm hoping in the next month. That's it's uh it's we're it's getting mastered now. So nice, uh, Janine. You're stuck in here with me. I'm stuck in here with you. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Well, if they feel so... Um... No, they're not also like crapped in here. I can't say if they're lonely enough and want to be able to find company inside this prison. If you want to visit me inside of my prison, you can be able to find me on Twitter, at Janine Juliet. Um, you could also be able to find the podcast that I haven't updated in forever, My Favorite Pokemon. Uh, where you find podcasts and on Twitter at my favorite Pokemon. That's Pokemon spelled P-K-M-N. I keep on promising that I'll update it. Maybe. Encourage me. I'll do it. If people want do it. Do it, Janine. You can do come it. Come on, Janine. Come on, Janine. You should be a podcast machine. My favorite Pokemon was named, was mentioned by name in this episode. Mm-hmm. And you need to mention this show in the next episode of My Favorite Pokemon. That's true. That's true. Get regular Janine-based content that you don't need to edit. All right. I'll I'll start booking guests, and I'll start, like, maybe I'll get Zencaster and be, like, just like you, Luke. Just like Bart. Just like Bart. But especially Bart. All right. Uh, and... You can find me on Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or you can visit my website that I also haven't updated at LukeHairLukeHerr.com. Domance Dawn is a podcast that happens every other week. I spent way too much time doing spreadsheet stuff related to this show, so I'm 
Where can they find the podcast on Twitter? Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at, at Domance, D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E. Uh, you can also visit our website, which is a Tumblr at DomanceDawn.com. And uh, also, thank you again to Quote Hoskins, who has done our covers so far. Uh, Quote, your covers are excellent, and they delight me because you turn the nightmares that I have a hand in. Into reality, you can find Colt over at C-O-L-T-H-O-S-K-I-N-S. That's Colt Hoskins on Twitter. Uh, next week, or next episode, we'll be back, uh, just Jenny and I, to add one more character to the list because uh, they only put in one more guy into the next batch of episodes. So Dylan, you're going to at least finish off this arc and watching it. I'm not thinking about it. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching this. Uh, it's a really big commitment, <laughs> but uh, I am kind of curious to see where One Piece goes from here, at least in the short term. Well, I'm glad I believe in you because... It's been a long, long <sighs> well, I mean, it has. It'll be, you, should, you should play that again when you catch up to the show because it will really be true yes uh, we will see you all in two weeks catch you on the flip mode yarr